0: So I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray over our time of Thanksgiving, we're going to be in Jonah 3, if you have a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, that's okay, it'll be on the screen, but I'm really glad that y'all are here today, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get in God's Word together. God, thank you for bringing us home safely. Lord, some of us had really good Thanksgivings, we thank you for that. Some of us, whether it be the Cowboys winning, or food, or just time together, some of us had a really good Thanksgiving, and for others, Lord, sometimes... And families aren't always, they don't always get along. And Lord, thank you that even when families don't get along, you still love us and you are teaching us how to love our families better. Lord, thank you for the food. Thank you for maybe even some of the gifts that people got on Black Friday. Lord, thank you for just caring about the little things and the big things. And so as we get into Jonah today, Lord, may we just see what it means to have your heart And we learned from Jonah, Lord, who struggled to have the heart that you have. Jonah, like us, struggled. So, Lord, thank you that we can learn more about you today. It's your son's name we pray. Amen. All right. So y'all can stay seated, but I am going to read Jonah. And after I read Jonah, I want to pray. We're in Jonah 3. If you have a Bible. If not, it's going to be on the screen. But I kind of want to summarize a little bit of what we've been talking about. Because it's really easy for us to, if you've been here in the last few Sundays, to maybe hear about Jonah's story And maybe you've grown up hearing Jonah's story, so it's in one ear, out the other. I want to encourage you, the rest of your life, you're going to hear a lot of the same stories in the Bible. And one of the things I get encouraged by by my professors or pastors is God speaks to us every time we're in his word. But I kind of want to recap real quick. So we talked about how Jonah, the very first week, a prophet called by God, Every time you would hear a prophet in a story, you would think maybe the hero or maybe the, like I said, it's kind of like a big pastor last week. It's like, basically, this wasn't just a pastor in a sense. He spoke on behalf of God. Every time a prophet spoke, it's because God was literally wanting the people to hear this message. And so normally when you hear that story in Jonah, you would hear a prophet be like, okay, I'm going to go tell the people the thing God told me to do. But Jonah's a lot like us, right? And Jonah was called to bring a message to a people he didn't like, and we're going to talk about that actually a lot today, so think about that for a second. What does it look like to love people who are mean to you or people you can't stand, because that's what Jonah's about to do, and that's what made this message hard, so Jonah runs from God's presence. God, we talked about last week, brought a fish to to basically bring him to Nineveh and to teach him what it means to have the heart of God, how we love people who are different than us, because we struggle with that. Jonah is a lot like us. We struggle to love people who are different than us or maybe mean to us. So uh, we have that first slide up about Nineveh and the heart of God because that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to read out of Jonah 3, and then I'm going to pray again because, again, every time we're in God's word, he speaks to us. You might not remember my points, but if you remember we were in Jonah 3 and remember that and read that later, God can still teach you something this Sunday. But I have some points. We're going to talk about it. Um, Actually, can you go ahead and put those points up for me, Cale? I want us to see how Nineveh in the, about Nineveh and the heart of God through these three ideas. How Jonah goes to Nineveh, so we're going to read about that. Jonah goes to Nineveh reluctantly, but he goes. We're going to read about Nineveh's repent, uh, how they repent. Because this whole city who doesn't love God, their hearts change. We're going to talk about why their hearts change. Final point is how Christ has come for his people. Because every time we read the Bible, Jesus has been it. And so we're going to talk about that today. Um, so reading out of Jonah 3 verses 1 through 10. Then we're going to pray and go from there. It says this. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a big city. Maybe think like a Dallas or a New York or a top five city. It's huge for that day. Three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. The word reached the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. All right, I'm going to pray. I'm going to talk about what we just read here. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the story of Jonah. Thank you, Lord, that we can have a heart like Jonah and you transform our hearts. Lord, thank you for the hope that we have in Jesus. Thank you that we can be encouraged every day through your spirit, Lord. So your sons and we pray. Amen. All right, the first point. Jonah goes to Nineveh. We just kind of read it, but Kale, could you go to that picture for me? I think it's on the next slide. It's okay if it's not. Okay, there we go. I think a lot of people, if you go to a Rangers game, you go to a mall, you go wherever, you see people standing proclaiming the kingdom of God. I'm not here really to say for or against that, but what I'm trying to say is it's loud and it's noticeable, and everyone has an opinion on it. Jonah basically was called to go to Nineveh and proclaim in a loud voice judgment to all of the people. And before he gets to this point, I want us to see this picture because that's kind of what Jonah is doing. He is calling out in the city, Um, which again, we could talk on a side note about how we should do that, but God called him specifically to do that this time and call out against the city and tell them about judgment that was coming. Now, for Jonah to get here, I think y'all remember me saying this. He was in a fish for three days. He had a lot of time to think about what he was going to say. And part of what this message that was very thought out was he was about to call out judgment to people he didn't like. But God was telling him to love these people. Now I think one thing I wanted us, part of the reason I wanted us to see this picture is how we're gonna contrast maybe even something like this and what Jonah did. God is not calling us to go out and just do things that are rude or mean or judgmental. God in love was bringing Jonah to do something like this, but it wasn't to bring condemnation and just bring a bunch of judgment because we're going to read about how the rest of this ends. Jonah brings a message and there's heart change. And so I'm not here to judge people that do these things, but what I want us to see is a picture is our job and what Jonah was called to do is not to just go harp on people. It's to bring them to repentance. It's to tell them the hope of the gospel. And for Jonah, he actually did that in a way kind of like this. Kale, can you go back to Jonah Goes to Nineveh for me? I just want us to see that illustration. So guys, what I want us to see is it says this, again in verse two. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. Call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah rose according and went to Nineveh. So again, God is telling Jonah multiple times. Jonah has to learn multiple times. I want you to go to Nineveh. I want you to have a heart for these people. I want you to share the message. And in fact, before we get to the part where they repent, I want you to think, are there people in your life that God has told you to love that you struggle to love? People maybe that are frustrating, you know, I'm a middle child, and so you could go either way. I got an older brother who picked on me when I was y'all's age all the time. We're, we're like best friends now, but he was older, and he definitely picked on me. And I have a little sister a year and a half younger than me, and we just, boys and girls, we just think very differently. And so even just growing up, like the way that my sister and I, she was a great behind me in school, the way we would process things if our parents told us to do something, how we treated our friends, it was very different. And growing up, especially in middle school, I think a lot of us can relate to this. It's really hard maybe to love our siblings at times, or it's really hard sometimes to maybe even love our parents. But let's go a step farther. Sometimes it's really hard to love people who are mean to you. Maybe you know people at school who bully people. Maybe you know people at school who are just struggling. They don't have a lot of friends. I think we can think of people on, that, on those different sides of the story. God is telling Jonah, not only are you to love people like our family who are hard to us, or maybe our parents, right? I said family, siblings, or parents. Those can be hard. Sometimes our friends can be really hard to love because they say hurtful things. He's telling Jonah to go to a city. You know, we'll, we'll use this example. You know, if I was a Cowboys fan and I went to an Eagles game in Philly and wore a Cowboys jersey, probably gonna get a lot of animosity towards me, right? Like, Philly fans can be really brutal and they're really mean to people who wear cowboy's gear. It's kind of like that. Jonah is going to a foreign place. He's going to a city where they definitely don't like him. He doesn't like them. There's bad blood. And God is going to challenge him to love the people of Nineveh. So our second point that I want us to see is how Nineveh repents. That's kind of the, the bulk of what we're going to talk about today, about how Nineveh repents. So Jonah goes. And Jonah, God told him in the first chapter to go and say, hey, I'm bringing judgment to this city. So what we're about to see is Jonah's about to give this message and what Jonah really wanted to happen was he wanted to bring this message and he wanted God to judge them. He wanted God to destroy the city. He knew God could do that. He was a prophet, right? And so even you can think of stories of like Elijah who calls fire down from heaven, right? I think Jonah kind of wanted to see some of this judgment. He wanted to see this city, hear this message of, hey, you have 40 days to repent and if you don't repent, there's judgment. Jonah's probably like, yes, yes. I'm so excited for these people to get what they deserve. Maybe you feel that way at times. Maybe there are people in your life who do things that we would call injustice. Maybe do things that are frustrating or is not the heart of God, is very unloving to people. Maybe you know people in your life that are like that. Maybe it can be a sibling at a time and you're like, man, I'm just really excited to see this person get their punishment. That was Jonah. That was Jonah's heart and that's why I gave you that example of a street guy even because Jonah is coming in. He's not, coming in loving, he's coming in angry and he's coming in, God told him to do it but he wants God to bring judgment to these people and so I want to, I'm gonna read a little bit and I have a picture that kind of captures what I'm saying um, and so right here he says hey you have 40 days and none of Nineveh's gonna be overthrown and then when the people hear it they call out for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to least so basically what happened here, maybe this is your life, maybe it's not if it is I want you to think about it today Maybe when you sin and you hear someone say in a loving way, because this is what Jonah was supposed to do, hey, what you're doing is hurtful to you. Hey, the thing that you think will make you happy, maybe it's how you talk about other people. Maybe you put people down and it makes you feel good. You're not supposed to do that. Maybe for you, you find a lot of success in school, so you're going to do things like cheat because you really want to make a good grade. You find a lot of hope in that. You know, a loving friend, it's more than, hey, don't do that. But it's, hey, you shouldn't talk about a friend that way because the way that God thinks about you and thinks about them is different than how you're treating them. If it's a test, right, if it's the ability to want to cheat, it's, hey, we need to trust God with our future. That's the kind of encouragement you're supposed to bring. And so Jonah brings this message, and the people hear it, and kind of like hopefully that friend, if you told them not to do something, would have a heart change. That's what happens with the city of, of Nineveh. They're told, hey, judgment's coming in 40 days. And what they do in the Old Testament, we kind of fast still today, but an old form of fasting is they put on like these old burlap sacks, kind of like a sack race thing. They'd put that over themselves. They would pray. A bunch of them wouldn't eat. We do that when we fast sometimes so they could focus on prayer because they were scared because they heard judgment was coming and they realized what they did was wrong and their hearts changed. We're gonna talk about that. But before we talk about that, guys, maybe for you, you know you're doing something in sin. You know that it's wrong, and maybe you feel guilty. I'm not here to make you feel guilty, but what I want us to see is the same thing that Jonah was called to do. If you're in sin or you know that a friend's in sin, we pray for them. We talked about that this morning with Pastor Goebel in church about how God listens to our prayers. We pray and we call them to do differently because we love them, and though Jonah wanted to see judgment, we're gonna talk more about that later, Jonah didn't realize how he himself could have been judged, right? We could all be judged for sin, and if it's based on our own works, we're in trouble. And so if that's you this morning, if you're in sin and you feel trapped and you don't know what to do, talk to one of the leaders about it. We'd love to talk to you about it, but God's word tells us we repent like the people did here, and there's heart change. If we really wanna talk about how gruesome these people were, these people captured people and tortured them. They did very terrible things to people. They, they killed people in very hard ways, and God changes their hearts. And so what I wanna say is none of us are doing that here this morning. If you feel like you're in sin or you feel like you're doing something you can't get out of, God can change your heart the way that he changes this city. Because this was a, the way we read it in the first few chapters, this was a very evil city and they changed. Could you go to that picture, that next picture for me, Cale? So I don't know if any of y'all, it's kind of cut off, but if any of y'all would know who this is, um, her name is, I have it right here. I just want to make sure I read it properly. Um, oh, my gosh. So we have Eve Kor here, and I'm going to probably butcher some of that. But Eve right there, she's, the woman right there was in a concentration camp. She survived it. She um, experienced hard torture. Um, they told her she wasn't going to survive. And she spent, you know, after she survived the Holocaust, just years experiencing pain and suffering. Now, that guy was a guard at, at uh, one of the camps, one of the concentration camps. And near the end of their life, she comes to a point where she can forgive this person. She brought hope to them. If you're familiar with the story of Corey Tinboon, she kind of in a similar way, though she wasn't in a camp. Her sister died in a camp, and she could forgive the guard who treated her that way. Guys, the only way you can be like Eve, or you can be like Corey Tinboon, or you can be like whoever, is you're someone who understands that we need grace, we need heart change. Imagine that if she can forgive someone who tortured her for years and a lot of her friends and family died, right? The only way you can get there is through heart change, right? And so I give you a big example today because I think for you we probably all have people in our life we can't stand. We have people that frustrate us. We have people that are so hard to love but God can change your heart. God can change their heart. It's a sweet picture but you don't always see that and that's a moment of where grace can transform our hearts. so before we move on, I just want us to see the city is called to repent. Not only do they repent, the king of the city hears about this repentance, and he leads the people like a good leader. He leads them through repentance, and they don't know what's going to happen, by the way. When Nineveh does this, they're doing this because, like, oh, judgment's coming. We realize we're wrong. We need to repent. And it says this right here. When God saw what they did how they turned their heart from evil, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them. And he did not do it. What do we do with that? Um, I want us to go to the next point how Christ has come for us. And this is the last part. So, if you know what we're talking about today, talk about how God saved the people of Nineveh in judgment. And we have that today in Christ. It's the same hope. And so, I'm going to read. I have a verse up here in Matthew 12. Fun fact if you didn't really think about it, the Bible is one story all the way connected, beginning to end. It's one story. And in fact, the New Testament, will talk about the Old Testament a lot. And Jesus is about to do that right here. He's about to talk about Jonah. So think about that. We just read about Jonah. We just read about this judgment of Jonah. And Jesus is about to give us an understanding of how he applies to what we just read. So Matthew 12, verses 38 through 42. Jesus speaking says this. Oh, well, actually, we'll get to Jesus in a second. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, We wish to see a sign from you, but Jesus answered them. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for signs, but no sign will be given to you except the sign of the prophet Jonah. So we just read about judgment coming to Nineveh. We just talked about that. Jesus is about to give us a picture of that. He says this, for just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The man of Nineveh will rise up at judgment with this generation and condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. We're gonna talk about that. But something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, someone or something greater than Solomon is here. So what are we talking about? Um, Jesus wants to let us know that first off, hey, a lot of us would like to say, Um, And you might, maybe you don't say this, but I have heard from plenty of people that, hey, if God did what he did in the Old Testament, we would believe, right? If God would do the things, like, if God brought fire down and judgment on people for acting evil, I would definitely listen to God. Or if God would change, like, at the wedding at Cana, change water to wine, or God would do whatever, I would believe that God is real, and I would repent. I would repent of my sin. And what Jesus is telling these guys who knew this story very well is, hey, You know, some some of you want signs, but those signs aren't going to change your heart. In fact, the judgment Jonah was preaching about, the hope that Jonah was preaching about, is here in Jesus. Jesus is saying, I am the fulfillment of the hope that Jonah was talking about. When those people repented from their sin over those 40 days, it's because what Jonah was doing was pointing them to there was someone who's going to pay for that sin. There's someone who's going to pay for your sin because your city was so wicked, there had to be judgment for it. But judgment wasn't found on the people of Nineveh for their sin. Though they acted terribly, you know, you could even look at maybe what's going on in the world right now. You could imagine somewhere like what's going, the war going on in Syria. You could imagine some of those things. There's a lot of gruesome things happening in the world, kind of like what was happening here. And what God was saying is there will be a judgment for that. So if you see evilness in the world and you see brokenness, whether it be in your family, whether it be with how people treat people, whether it be the war that you hear about on the news, whatever it may be, That is gonna get paid for, there will be judgment because God judges evil. But God also, if you're in Christ, if you do what the people of Nineveh did and repent, that judgment is not found on you. You don't have to pay the price for your sins. Maybe some of you today would say you don't sin or maybe you would think your sin's not that bad, right? I think we all, sometimes we might be like, well, I, I sin a little bit, but I don't sin like so and so. Or I might gossip a little bit, but I don't gossip like so and so. And what we see from the gospel and what we see from the city of Nineveh, it said from the least to the greatest repented. Everyone in that city saw that, hey, I have sinned before God and I'm gonna be judged for what I've done. But when they repented, when Jesus says someone greater than Jonah is here and to turn to him, he's saying wherever you are, maybe you are struggling with how you treat people. We're all gonna sin. You're gonna sin when you leave today because we sin. But it's what we do with our sin. We don't repent. I'll put it this way in First John this is one of my favorite like, things in the Bible, one of my favorite things I've memorized. It talks about when we confess our sin, Jesus forgives us of our sin and cleanses us of our unrighteousness. But if we don't confess our sin, God puts us in judgment because we're basically saying, God, I don't need you. I'm gonna obtain righteousness by myself. And God's word says we can't do that. We can't be perfect enough. We can't be good enough. We can't behave good enough. We can't do enough good things for God to make us right on our own. So we had to send Jesus. And here's where I'll end before we do a few questions. Maybe for you this morning, you would say, you know, you come to church, and this might be it. Maybe you come to church or small group and that's it in your life, and you're not really reading. And so you'd say you have a relationship with God. Like, that's great if you have a relationship with God. I'm not saying you don't, but what I am saying is, are we aware of our sin and do we repent? Because even the people of Nineveh who weren't Christians, where judgment was brought to them, and they realized they were in the wrong and they repented of what they did. Guys, maybe it happens over time for you, but I even remember um, when I first came to faith, like again, going into my freshman year of high school at a summer camp, um, I'd sinned pretty, I mean, because we all sinned our whole life. And I didn't know what to do with that guilt. I didn't know what to do with that shame. I'd done things I wasn't proud of. I'd spoken ways I wasn't proud of. I acted a way that wasn't the way God called me to live all through middle school. And, you know, I put a lot of excuses on it, especially, like, the trauma I experienced as a kid from my parents' situation. But God says this. Regardless of where you are in life, sin is something we all do. And we only experience the grace of God by repenting and confessing that. And I remember when I did this at this church camp for me, kind of like somebody I'll go to Pine Cove. I went to my own church's church camp, like fall Retreat. I remember this the first time I confessed sin in my life because I didn't know what that was. Um, And I remember God changing my heart. And it, you know, over time looked different. We talk about what it means to have a heart of God versus the heart of Jonah, is the theme of today. To have a heart like God, like David did, a man after God's own heart, is even when we sin, we confess it because we know God loves us. He doesn't stand there in judgment, angry at us that we sinned. It's not like the judgment that was coming to Nineveh. The judgment coming to Nineveh was to remind the people, hey, you're about to go too far. You know, I think all of us have a line. We're like, I won't cross that line. Nineveh was about to cross. They ran over that line. Nineveh ran way over that line, and they were in sin, and they were doing whatever they wanted. And God still said, I love you. Repent. God was always, because God knew the people of Nineveh were going to repent. It says, and we're going to get to that picture, and I really want us to hear it, so we'll leave it there. That picture's coming up. But I'll put it this way. God's with the people of Nineveh. Knew they would change. It's said like God kind of changed. God's mind to change. God loved the people. God wanted the people to repent. But if they did not, judgment was coming. And they repented. And so he could put that judgment on Jesus, who, like Jesus said, died for, three, died for our sin, was in the ground three days, like Jonah was in the whale for three days, rose from the grave. And because Jesus was the sacrifice for our sin, we can go to a father who loves us. And so here's what I want to see. This is the last thing, last picture, an example. So in the New Testament, Jesus died. He rose from the grave. And if you believe God's word is true, he is with God right now in heaven. Jesus is ascended. This is called Pentecost. think some of y'all heard it. If not, we're gonna talk about it next semester, actually, when we're in Acts. Uh, what happens here is Jesus says, when I go away, if you believe in me, I'm not abandoning you. You know, we don't see Jesus. A lot of us walk around. We don't see him in our everyday life. But God said, or Jesus actually said in his own words, if you believe in me, I'm going to send my spirit. He's going to teach you how to repent. He's going to teach you how to obey. He's going to teach you how to love me. And if you believe that, it's going to change your heart. And what we see here on Pentecost, and this is the last thing before we see our questions, Peter basically tells a bunch of people who killed Jesus. Imagine that. These people he's talking to actually killed Jesus like 40 days earlier. They killed him. They, they told the Roman authorities to kill him. They were all in on it. They wanted Jesus to die. And Peter, who has rejected Jesus, right? He ran away. He was scared. Jesus calls him to repent. His life has changed. That same guy who was scared of a teenager, was scared of a teenager who was saying, hey, you know Jesus, and he denied it. His heart has changed. He goes to all these people who were responsible for Jesus dying, and he said, you killed Jesus, repent. And the reason Peter can do that Is the same reason why Jonah, like us in faith, can do that. Because if we believe that God has changed our life, we know, like Peter and like those people there, hey, our sin put Jesus on that cross. Jesus willingly died. And so when Peter can say, hey, you killed Jesus, he knows part of him, his sin, put Jesus on that cross too. So here's the last thing. If we say that we believe in Jesus, we'd say he's our savior. Like the people who literally were responsible for killing Jesus, that Jesus knew and let himself willingly die. Like the people of Nineveh, maybe you have a friend, maybe it's you. We all have sin. How we repent reflects what we believe about God. If we believe that God is loving and gracious, it will change our hearts. We confess sin knowing that, hey, I may struggle with this sin today or I might not be nice to people today, but I confess that and spend time with God. He's gonna change my heart so I don't do that because Jesus died and rose from the grave to give us his spirit so we could do that. We can't do it on our own, but when we confess, God strengthens us. He strengthens our faith. Uh, so before we put the questions up there, and here's kind of how we'll do it. I think we have a few volunteers today. Um, let me see. We have, we have two right here, right? All right, so maybe we'll do it this way because it might be a little hard to get in discussion groups. I want us to, how about we circle up, kind of circle up for a minute, look at the question. Actually, guys, sorry, I'm not trying to be wishy-washy. Well, here's what we'll do. We don't have a lot of questions, but can you put them on the scale um, up there for me, Kale? I at least, like y'all won't circle up, but I want us to see these things. I'll kind of talk through them for a minute because we don't really have the group's size to do it. So here's what we'll do. What I want us to see, if you learned anything in what we talked about today, Jonah's, what changed Jonah's heart was that he met God and God called him to change. Didn't happen right away. And in fact, we're gonna read how Jonah gets really angry next week because he's not happy with what God did but God is changing his heart. And when it says how Jonah goes to proclaim a message to people, how does the gospel change our hearts for other people? Here's what I want us to see. God's word says it this way in 1 John, one of my favorite books of the Bible. I love reading 1 John. It says, how can you say you love God? Because a lot of us would say we love God here, right? But it says, how can, you, how can you say you love God who you've never met? None of us have physically met God. We meet God in his word and prayer, but we have never seen God in person. John says, how can you say you love God if you can't love a person in front of you made in his image? So here's what he's saying. Not that we're perfectly gonna love people, but if we say we love God, I wanna challenge you today with how do you treat people? How do you treat people who are different than you? How do you treat people who make you angry? It's not gonna be perfect, but if you can learn to love them, you're gonna understand what it means to have the heart of God. All right, so the people who hear this message experience heart change. Who are the people we'd be praying for to know God? I want you all to think about this this week because I gave you plenty of time to reflect on it in the teaching. There's someone I said that you can't stand or someone who makes you angry. I'm sure you have someone. And if you don't, that's really cool. Um, I would always have someone in that situation because I think a lot about those things. Um, If you have someone in your life or maybe someone who doesn't even know God, maybe they don't make you angry. Like I know, y'all know I have a family member. Like I have a sibling who doesn't know the Lord. It breaks my heart. How are we praying for those people who don't know God? Um, finally, our two more points. Christ has given us his Holy Spirit. We talked about that today. How does having the Holy Spirit give us a similar faith to Jonah? Here's what I want us to see. We talked about this. Jonah had a saving faith and God changed his heart. And Jonah's gonna, next week when we talk about it, he's gonna turn. He's gonna be angry that God saved these people. We're gonna talk about that. But Jonah, like us, when he sins, he learns to repent. We have the Holy Spirit in our hearts so when we sin and we feel bad, it's because God's Spirit is speaking to us. How do we reflect on that? And the final point, and we can pray, and then I would say hang out in the gym or hang out in here, but I want us to think about it. God is the one who saves people, and we are called to be a part of that by sharing our faith. What are ways we can share our faith with people this week? So guys, I'll put it this way. You don't need to be like Jonah and stand up on a table at your school and tell people to repent. You don't need to like, make a big scene about it. But I would say this. There are plenty of people, maybe it's on your sports teams, maybe it's in your clubs, whatever you do, who don't know God? How are you treating them? How do you act around them? Do you act like a non-Christian if you'd say you're a Christian, or do you act like someone whose heart's changed? Because if you do, not only are they going to see that in your life, because it's going to be very different than how they're living. You can invite them into things. You don't have to invite them to a small group, but you can invite them to a small group. You can invite them to church. You can also just tell them, one of the things I love to do with my little sister, because that's what I'm talking about, um, is like, I like to talk about what God's doing in my life. Always like when I'm hanging out with someone who's not a Christian, I don't have to tell them, hey, you shouldn't do this, even though they definitely do know what I think about what's right and wrong, but we can share how God is changing our hearts and how he loves us. You don't have to bring it up all the time, but I would say, if there's someone, what are ways you can share your faith? Like first, if you love God, it's going to come out in how you live, so reflect the life of worship. But secondly, find ways to like, you don't have to make it like, you don't have to corner someone, but you talk about how God's changing your heart or something God showed you this week and how that was exciting. Because that's going to feel less confrontational. It's going to feel like a way to share faith with someone. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray for people we may need to share with this week. Because God's word tells us, like Jonah, if we believe that judgment's coming, if we believe, I talked about it this last week. If you see a sibling, like maybe a little kid, running out into a street, and you grab them so a car doesn't hit them, that might feel kind of harsh to the little kid, but that's loving. How much more loving is it to tell someone who might may not know God that, hey? At some point, we don't know when judgment's coming and God loves you and he doesn't want you to face the price of that sin. So I'm gonna pray and then if y'all wanna hang out here and go to the gym, we can do that. God, thank you for today. Thank you that you love us. Thank you for the hope that we have in your son. Lord, we would pray even now um, that if we have someone that we need to love this week, that you have put it on our heart, that we could tell them how you are real. Lord, if we know someone who's struggling, may we tell them how you're better than what they're living for. Lord, if we're struggling to believe that you're good, may you show us how you're better than what we think. And Lord, if we do know you're good, may we be encouraged in that this week. Thank you for the hope we have in your sons. This name we pray. Amen.